right, horror heads, it is that time of the year. It is like Christmas for all of us because this weekend, well, when you see this, this weekend might be over, but it is prime time for Halloween, baby. Halloween 2023 is here, and yours truly, the mouthpiece of the Northeast, is here alongside with the 80s horror god. And today, we are talking everything Halloween. Not only the franchise, but hey, even our experiences, maybe some memories, some fond memories of Halloween. And I wanted to do this episode. I know we haven't been, Sean, we haven't been as consistent as you know we should be with this, but there's a lot going on, as people may know, and there's a lot coming up next year. But we promised the horror heads out there, as I did, next year, season four, we will be coming back bigger, stronger than ever, more consistent than ever. A lot of episodes on the horizon, but right now, here we are. Prime time, baby. Halloween, Sean, how you feeling, man? Feeling great tonight. Everything's good. This is, and I say this, this is the, the most wonderful time of the year for us, even though we celebrated 365. And today, I want to get into Halloween. We're going to talk about the franchise, our favorite timelines, our favorite characters um, from the franchise, other than the main characters, uh, and some Halloween <laughs> memories and, and a whole bunch more, because there's been some news as of late, which we will get to later on in regards to Halloween. But I guess we're going to start it off with this. Sean, you know, tis the season, man. Halloween, you could smell it in the air. That October weather, the foliage, the leaves changing. And in the background right here, uh, one of my favorites, uh, Halloween 4 playing. Uh, but let's get into some memories. Back in the day, man, what comes to mind when you think about Halloween? Uh, for me, it's kind of like disheartening to think about it now. I mean, uh, you know, I was in elementary school in the 70s and then, you know, like middle school in the early 80s. And, you know, back then you were you were hyped. I mean, I remember as far back as maybe like kindergarten, first grade. I mean, uh, you know, you had a party in school. You didn't do schoolwork all day. You know, teachers brought in cupcakes, this, that, and the other thing. You wore your costumes. So it was kind of like a whole day thing going on. Uh, and I even remember the first town I lived in, you know, there was a Halloween parade. The kids would march up and down the main street and all that fun stuff. And there was an actual uh, full Halloween parade on top of that. I don't think there's too many places to do the Halloween parades anymore. But best of all, what you don't see now, every single door all the way down the street, trick or treat, they were giving out candy. Um, you're not seeing that anymore. Um, you know, the costumes have obviously changed a lot. You know, back then it was the, uh, the little cardboard box with the... Uh, piece of plastic in front and with the uh, plastic mask and then the plastic thing you put over your body, which was, you know, like you had like choices like uh, a superhero or, you know, the scariest stuff was like a Frankenstein or something that effect. Um, I can't even remember what the hell I used to get, but, um, uh, you know, even uh, it's, you know, I noticed a shift uh, maybe in like the late nineties, early two thousands when kids couldn't cover their faces, you know, they were allowed to wear a costume school, but they couldn't cover their faces. They couldn't bring a plastic sword and it just started getting real stupid. Um, I mean, you know, you got a, you got a kindergarten kid or first grade kid, you know, uh, yeah, you know I, I don't, I don't get it. I remember those times. So you're right in the nineties things, uh, <laughs> they were transitioning. Uh, I do remember the school. I don't know if you remember in school, like in, in school, we had like a, a whole day with like I, I guess people used to bring in munchkins and candy. Everything. Elementary school. Yeah, it was it was something cool, man. You could dress up and you know, uh, somebody's parent would make cupcakes, somebody's other parent would make a little those little um goodie bags, you know, with candy and spider rings and all that fun stuff inside there. And you know, you had a you had a uh classroom mom, you know, that would uh bring stuff in. 
I mean, I don't know how schools are now, but, you know, back, if I remember correctly, back then, you know, you, you were pretty much in one classroom all day, you know, in first grade and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, again, it was just an all-day thing. And now, man, it's – I look out my, my window or, or go on a drive on Halloween night, and, man, you're, you're hard-pressed to find a neighborhood where, where everybody's giving out candy. And on top of that, you know, I see so many kids walking around without costumes, yeah. knocking on doors. You know, come on, man. Let's <laughs> – Dude, you got to dress up. If you want a piece of candy and you're knocking on my door without a costume, you're not getting one. And, and I'm not saying you got to go to Spirit Halloween or Walmart or Target and drop all this money. Get creative, man. Uh, I did it. What, what you was, know, what, even as you, even as you got older, like when I was in middle school and stuff in, in the mid '80s, uh, you know, we got creative. We'd go out for an hour, hit our route, go home, change costumes. Hit the same route again, so <laughs> you know. So you, you, you doubled up. You doubled up on your goods. But even like way back in the day, you you would remember which houses gave the full size candy bar. You'd remember which house you know gave you the dollar bill. There was houses every year like clockwork. You know, you know you were getting that dollar bill, or you knew you were getting a full size candy bar. So you know those were prime time spots. Um, I mean, I remember when my in the you know in the early two thousands when my son my son was young. It was still kind of fun, but we had, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of traffic from neighboring cities coming in, you know, just flooding the streets, which made it a little bit more complicated. But, um, you know, I guess it is what it is now. You know, and the only thing I can say is for for uh, an older generation is, you know, think back when you were young and you went out trick or treating and that and, the, and those those houses that didn't have their lights on, you know, how disappointed you were. I mean, is it really that tough to put your lights on? Spend ten bucks at Rite Aid or whatever at Walmart. You buy a giant bag of candy, you know. And even if you just give it out till it's gone, you know. Yeah, I mean, but, just yeah, something for the kids, you know. Uh, I know there's also some people that you know don't believe in Halloween or whatnot, and I guess maybe they, those are the people with the lights off. Not you know, those are the people that don't like fun, man. You know yeah, what? Right. It's just fun. It, 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 I don't want to get too crazy with it, but you know, you, whatever. If it's a if it's a religious thing, or whatever. You know, this this seven year old kid isn't walk, walking around the streets, you know, hailing Satan. He's wearing <laughs> he's wearing a Spider Man costume and wants a freaking he wants a Reese cup from you. Yeah, you know, I remember but, but that. The ones you know, I, I appreciate. I love all the decorations I've been seeing this year. Um, some of them don't make a lot of sense to me, but uh, but either way, they're you know decorating. So, but the people who put these giant elaborate decorations out. And then Halloween night, pitch black. Like, what's going on, man? You yeah. know, are you on board? Are you not on board? Like, what's the deal, man? Yeah, it's so, like it's like they want to show off the decorations, but they don't want to contribute on right. Halloween to the candy. No, yeah. listen, we have no candy. But, you know, look, like right now, in where I'm at, um, this neighborhood, they have set nights for Halloween for trick-or-treat. That's everywhere now, yeah. yeah. And tonight, as I record this, they're doing trick-or-treat. What I do, I put a big bowl of candy outside. Please take one. You know. Because we're recording, I I can't sit. You know, sometimes I sit out there, hand them out with the mm-hmm. kids. Sometimes I dress it's up. Early though, man. Was it? It's only the, it's it's like four days early. That's crazy, man. Yeah, no, it it's wild, man. And, and you know, like a neighborhood uh, close to me, they do it every year on Halloween night. So I'm gonna be going there with with hard daddy. We probably roaming the streets okay. and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to that, man. I, I, I'm like a big kid, Sean. You know, I enjoy still walking around. You know, hundred now, I mean, you know, I'm not going to nobody's door asking for candy. Right. Maybe if I'm in costume, maybe I can get away with it. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a tall guy. 
So if I cover the beard, <laughs> maybe, oh, this is just a big kid, you know? But, um, yeah, man, I, I still, I, I enjoy it, man. I miss back in the day. You know, we used to have shaving cream fights you know, as you got older with the kids on the block. Hey, listen, we did all we did all the pranks, you know. It, it's 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 all in fun. I mean, I, I'm sure there was times when people damaged property or whatever, but we never did it on it. You know, we would we'd go to a cornfield the week before, we'd pluck a bunch of ears of corn, we'd we'd chuck the corn off, throw a handful of corn at the door, and we called it tic tacking. I don't know if that's a common you know that that's a common term. And then we kept the uh, the cob. We called those door knockers. So we throw the corn, and then if you were lucky enough, you got the door knocker, which made a much louder boom when it hit the door. You know, <laughs> I feel lucky enough. <laughs> so that was our thing with the tic tacking, you know, with handfuls of corn. Now we, I, mean, I, I even did it to my own mother. You know, uh, we we throw we were throwing in our own house just to you know run and like watch her like look out and you know like what the hell's going on? You know, <laughs> so it's but, like you said, it, it's you have you having fun as kids. Kids will be kids. You know, back in the day, we did the, we did the toilet paper, the TPN. We throw it uh, around the block, around the neighborhood. Soap car windows and big oh. deal, you know. Yeah. I know. You make a little soap on your window. Some kid got his kicks doing it. Whatever, man. But, it's um, memories. Yeah, it's memories, dude. But as far as like the uh, doing it on different nights, I mean, I get that. You know, it, it just takes away from everything. If it's, it would be like okay, so Christmas is on Friday, but let's open up our presents on Tuesday morning before Christmas. To me, that's the same difference, bro. Yeah. Halloween is for Halloween night, man. It, it, I agree. It, it, it dilutes it when you're having it four or five days beforehand, man. It really does. It, that's just my opinion. It just waters it down. It's no fun. I mean, you know, I look at it like this. Um, we celebrate it again over here throughout the year. But, you know, October is prime time for this stuff. But I definitely agree with you. I'm used to it on Halloween night. So over here, it was a transition. In New York... When I was there, it was always Halloween night, and it would run all night. You know, now, like even right now, Sean, while the trick-or-treaters are out there, it's only from 6 to 8 in my neighborhood. Yeah, that's true. The time things, and, you know, the world is changing. The world has changed dramatically since we were growing up on Halloween. Now there's, like, there's laws, there's restrictions. It's like, you know, back in the day, dude, I mean, we were out till midnight, you know? And we would get bags of candy. Now... Oh my God! There's a recession with candy. We're lucky if we get a half a bag. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's wild, dude. Like, I mean, picture us going out there now, and saying, "You know what? We're gonna go trick or treating." You know, uh, let's see if those same homes that we used to hit back in the day still gonna deliver. You know, most of the people probably moved out of those homes. You know, and there's different people there. And nowadays, you get a piece. You don't get those bags. In. You're lucky if you get those goodie bags of candy. Oh, those were amazing, man. Those little, they said trick or treat on them or whatever, you know, it's a little, and you'd have 10 pieces of small candy. Man, that was, that was gold. You weren't just getting one, you know, fun size bar. You were getting a bag of candy, you know, whether it was eight, 10 pieces or whatever, but you knew inside that little bag, you know, there was a, there was, there was treats in there. So, and if you shook <laughs> it and you heard the jingle. You had a little extra jingle, my you gotta man. Have that jingle. Yeah, you know what? There was even times when I got them when there was candy and change in there. Yeah. But you know, but at the end of the night, when you when you're if you're eight years old and you're separating change and a couple dollar bills, and you got six dollars and eighty cents and a pile of candy, you're on top of the world, bro. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what was your uh, what was your go to candy? What was your favorite candy back in the day? Uh, I'm always about the chewy stuff like Starburst and, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, those, that's always been the caramels and that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. The but as far as candy bars, I'm a Milky Way guy, man. Yeah, oh, Milky Way? I was, favorite, always, yeah. uh, 
I was <laughs> Reese's. Uh, Reese's. Oh, Hershey's. Hershey's Reese's. Oh, good, man. It's all good. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I'm thinking about it now. I'm like about to go take some of that candy myself upstairs. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, you know, back back in the day, I think my fondest memory of trick-or-treat, it was one year. Um, and it was the same neighborhood. I was living in this neighborhood at the time. It was three years in this neighborhood. It was Glendale, Queens in New York. And everybody on the block, man, camaraderie was real on the block. We had we, it was tight community. And we would do our trick-or-treating, hopefully, but we'd come back and we would hang out. This one night, we hung out all night, shaving cream. We were just eating candy. We were having soda. We would, we would juice them. We played street hockey. You know, I remember that night, and I just, man, I could, I could literally smell the air now, now to think about, it, like nostalgia. Absolutely. It was, um, it was something special, man. And we don't, we don't have that a lot anymore. You know, there's a lot of shit that happened in the world that, that changed that. And people are like, you know, they're, they're scared to interact I with get, people. I get all that. Yeah. But I mean, you could, you could change that by making it fun again, you know? Yeah. Let's be make that Halloween great again. No matter what, what time frame you want to go to, whether it's 80s, 90s, 2000s, I mean, you should, you know, obviously you should always, with a child under 13, 14, you should be out there with them. You should be sending, I'm not saying send out your six, seven year old kids to go trick or treating on their own. No matter what it is, you know, you should be out there with them, protecting them or whatever it is. But even though, Sean, you and I were probably, we, we were out there at like seven years old, probably, yeah, running around. Listen, like I said, you'd come home from school. First of all, you're already amped up on sugar. Because you've been eating treats all day in school. And basically, we didn't go out trick-or-treating. And I'll get to another point in this in one second. As soon as it got dust, man, hitting the pavement. Now, you, you go out here at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And, there's again, there's kids walking up and down the street without costumes, knocking the doors at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, man. I mean. <sighs> yeah. It was, it used to, like, we used to leave the lights on. Uh, even, even. New York five, six years ago. We left the lights on. They would they would come up ten o'clock at night still. I, I made my own costume for years, man. Years. And I don't remember what the heck I used to do, but you know. What was your yeah, what was your um as far as Halloween goes, what was your fondest memory? What was a memory that stuck out to you? Uh just mostly the ones like I was saying, you know, back in elementary school, because in that town I grew up in, you know, all day long in the school, cupcakes, yada yada. And I just very finally remember we lived on the main street and down the far end of the street was the firehouse. I had a big parking lot and the kids would all walk around the street in a circle, you know, the parents, Oh, you know, and then they would have the, like the legit parade. Yeah. And then you go trick or treating. So yeah. there's a whole lot going on. It's kind of like, uh, maybe not to the same extent, but you know, like the movie trick or treat, uh, you know, where, where they're downtown and that big parade's going on and everything. You know, there's just a big celebration of Halloween. Like Halloween <laughs> yeah, basically, you know, but again, like you said before, I haven't felt that vibe in years. Years. It's I don't know. I don't know what's going sucks. on. I don't like you said, you could smell it in the air. You were excited. Yeah. Now it's just different, man. And I think it's because of the way the world is. And uh we have to, like you said, get back to Get back to that again. Get back to the good times. Get back to the simple times. You know, I feel like also people overthink things nowadays. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that complicated, man, to have a good time. You know, especially. Listen, I, I don't know anybody that's going to put drugs in your candy, man. Drugs are expensive. So, yeah. especially nowadays, like, I can't you know, afford it. Be, uh, you know, listen, no matter what in life, there's always going to be somebody. And, there might be a one-off sometime where, where somebody does something shitty with candy to kids. But you know what? Back in the 80s, there was a time before when 
medicines weren't sealed. Your bottle of Tylenol wasn't sealed. And I remember one time in the news, somebody was putting something in the Tylenol that was killing people. I don't know what the hell it was in there, but, and that's what led to that little seal being over the top of your, you know, no matter what, if somebody wants to do something shitty, they're going to do something shitty. Yeah. And if, and if it's something on Halloween night to kids, you know, that's just a whole nother level of screwed up. So, you know, I don't know. That's just, that's just my thoughts on that. Man. No, no, I agree, man. But like, it's the somebody's going somebody's to find a way to be shitty. Of course. I mean, you can't prevent that. You know, it's just you take the precaution, but you got to have fun, Sean. I feel like we we lost that, you know, as a community, not only with, with Halloween, but like talking about it right now, specifically <laughs> trick or treating. We lost fun. It's like uh, organized and we're doing it these times. I'm like, why? About a week ago, I saw something on an Internet news thing or whatever that pops up. Uh, a school did a shutdown. Because somebody was walking down the street outside of the school, past the school, in a in a, in a Jason Voorhees costume. I mean, come on, man. You know, and you know what? It, all it takes is that one person to do something bad, dressed up. Well, like- no, they, I don't. I don't think they were doing anything wrong. The school no, was overreacting. Is my point. They no, you're right, and that's what I'm saying. Like they're overreacting based on probably something that happened in another state or whatever it is like exactly. that. But still, like, like, dude, I understand that. But like, listen, to Jason costume. Are they doing anything threatening? Do you see them doing anything threatening? Right. Like, you know, do they have a, a gun in their hand? Do they have a, a real machete? Like, you know, I don't know, man. It's just, you don't have to shut down a school for that. Send the I mean, cops over there if, if you're worried and see what's going like on. Saying, with the way things are today, like if I slap on my Michael Myers cosplay with my fake butcher knife with the blood all over it, I promise you, if I walk around neighborhoods, people are going to be apprehensive about me doing that. They're going to be they're going to be thinking, this guy, you know, here's a here's an adult man. We can't see who he is, and he's walking out. Is that knife real? You know. Oh yeah, yeah. It, That's just how it, it is, man. And it's <clears throat> because of, um, I guess, everything that had happened since the '80s, '70s, '80s, all the way to right. There's more stuff. Like, think about this though, and you know this, Sean. There were more. Let me be very blunt with you. More shit happened in the '70s and '80s than it did now. It just wasn't recorded. We didn't have phones. You know, about oh, 100%. Oh, you can God only, oh my God, I can imagine the content in the videos we would have seen from the 70s if they, and 80s. If they had cell phones and uh, TikToks and all this shit when I was a teenager, man, who would have been in a lot of trouble. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I well, do remember, though, once like 10 years ago, I worked on Staten Island and it was Halloween and I looked out the window of work and there's a guy in a Michael Myers costume walking down the street and everybody walking by him went around him in a big oval. It was hilarious. I mean, it was great. But it wasn't the, it wasn't the fact of you know they were scared of him doing anything. It was just that fear of Michael Myers walking down the street, you know. Yeah. So but that was fun, you know. Now would be a little, I think it would be looked at a little bit differently. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent, man. And you know, speaking of Michael Myers, let's uh, let's talk about Myers, okay? Nineteen seventy eight, Halloween comes out, John Carpenter, and originally it wasn't even you know between Carpenter and Deborah Hill, uh, they took this movie to a different level and they named Old it. Level. Yeah, they. they Named it Halloween because originally it was like the babysitter murders or something like that. I, something to that effect, yeah. Something yeah. Like that. And <clears throat> only imagine, like, okay, the babysitter murders two and four, the babysitter <laughs> killer returns and five, the babysitter's revenge. You know, like, I could not see that there's no lingo there. I don't see it continuing under that title, yeah. Thank God they changed it. They're Halloween. And, and then they, <clears throat> you know, with that theme, and it's so simple. I mean, I could even play it on the, on the keyboard. And probably you could probably play it on the keyboard. Too. Like, dude, the Halloween theme, it's so simple, 
but it's so yeah, me, I got no talent, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm positive. So I, I'm a, I learned it literally in about five minutes. And That's freaking awesome. I want to yeah, learn that. It, dude, it's like, I mean, like, or the basic keys, you know? And it's, I'm, a, it's, it's the most, one of the, one of the most, if not most recognized horror movies. When you hear, when you hear one note, you know what you're about to hear. That's how you know it's bottom, a bottom line. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. And you don't, you don't even have to be a horror fan. That's how crazy it is. I would transcend. Hundred percent. The, in my opinion, the most recognizable soundtrack slash song, whatever title title track to a movie horror movie ever. Doesn't just, just. I don't think anybody can argue with that. Yeah, dude. And nothing else stands out like that. No, not at all. And and you know you think about seventy eight, right? Um, and people say, oh, yeah, he put slashers on the map. Some people believe that that's where the slasher franchise begin. Not true at all. I mean, we can go back to Psycho and probably something before Psycho. But um, yeah, I mean, even though and there's people that say that, uh, you know, Carpenter, you know, brought the, uh, the 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 bird's eye view, you know, using the camera as the as the killer's view. But that was done in Black Christmas. You know, he, he might have maybe perfected it, but it wasn't his like, you know, and I'm not I'm not knocking that. Well, there's a lot of people that think that, you know, that was the first time that was done. And that's that's also not true. I think they just rounded out a slasher. They, they you know, um, perfected it, I guess you could say. Maybe, you know, as far as the way it was filmed and the music and everything. And Dude, I agree 100%, man. Not even the first final girl. I mean, you know, you got Marilyn Burns and, you know, all these other women. So it's just... Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, and you think about that too. Uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw came out four years prior, seventy four. Um, and I, I feel think about slashers and stuff. I mean, dude, that's the that's the one that sticks out to me. To me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the death is where it all started. Where we, uh, how we define a slasher film today. To me, that's the first one. Yeah, no, the way, I, the way it's defined today. Very gritty, very real, um, and it just. Yeah, made you believe. I mean, the whole storyline behind it, people were legitimately believing, like, did this guy is down? No doubt. You know, it was real, man. And, you know, that's really for me, before even I knew about Psycho, when I was younger, it was Texas Chainsaw. My father would talk about it. I'm like, oh, this is it. But then, you know, seeing Halloween, I'm like, this is, this is creepy. Because when you see that Myers mask, that just white mask, the William Shatner special, okay? <laughs> that white mask, though, is so goddamn creepy. And, you know, the way he was stalking Laurie and... Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, because it's a mask, it's emotionless. Yes. So you just got this blankness to it. Uh, you know, that's a big part of it. That's a big part of the fear. Uh, you know... You just almost pulled the Loomis on us, man. You pulled the Loomis on us. <laughs> what, what, what's the line again? What's, what's the quote? Uh, which one? No, oh man, uh, that's uh, I, I can't go remember. Uh, yeah, it's too long. <laughs> Hell, emotionless face. I Yeah, you posted the meme up there, and it says, "Sir, this yeah, is yeah, that was funny." You I think that's the. Uh, I think the meme is from uh, part four. Uh, isn't that the uh, the line he gives to the uh, to the old man in the um, no that was picked up by the hitchhiker. No, 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 no. That was actually the original. That was that was when he was talking to the oh, show. Oh, that's the original? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that hitchhiker. Oh, dude. That guy was funny in four uh, over here. I don't know if we're going to see him in the background, too. But One, one of my all-time favorite characters. That scene is so kick-ass, man. It's, it's so <laughs> awesome. Y'all hunting it up. <laughs> I love that guy, man. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Well, I, I don't know that actor's name, but that was awesome. 
I know I knew the, the name is Reverend Jackson in the, in the film. That's all I know. But um, yeah, I love him. And I love for this one in the background. And speaking of which, this is this is it's hard. It's hard to say what my favorite is in the franchise, because it, like you said before, it, sometimes it changes. It changes from year to year. Something like, you know what, man? Not for me with Halloween. Not for me. Not for you with Halloween. Well, Halloween four, baby. Yeah, you know, dude. It best one in my opinion. I love it. And why? Why is that for you? I don't know. I just everything about it, man. That's you know, there's there's so many different storylines, and you know, it it still kind of ties into the first one, obviously. You know, with uh, with Jamie. Um being Lori's daughter and the whole nine and all that stuff. So, um, you know, if they would just stop moving Michael on Halloween night or the night before Halloween, maybe I, these things wouldn't happen, but <laughs> my gosh, you know him already. Stop it. Exactly. You know, move him on the 4th of July. He won't bother you. <laughs> yeah, but then you'll get uncle Sam. We don't want that. Anyway, that's <laughs> a hold the but you know, the part with the head wrapped up and the bandages and everything. It's just, you know, the way he escapes. Um, I just like the whole story and everything, man. It's, it's, you know, and then and four and five are my, my two favorites in the timeline. You know, five gets a little bit crazy for me because you got the, the dark man or whatever they call him appearing, you know, the, the, the setup for part six, yeah. which is just a whole nother ball game. You know, as we'll talk about, but, um, yeah, they dive deep in that one, man. Part, uh, part six. You know, and then the, the fact that they, you know, threw in that that dude in the in part five that's chasing Michael around, and they they show the tat the thorn tattoo and everything, and setting the stage for that, but that just got a little too crazy for me. You know, um, I basically live in. Obviously, I watch the original every Halloween night. Um, four and five. I don't mind H two O at all. I like H two O, even though we take a hard left on the timeline. You no. Know, uh, Lori's back and has a son and everything else. So, um, you know about H two O that you brought it up real quick. Uh, for those who may not know, cameo by uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom in the movie. She was, yes, I forgot exactly who's assistant. I think or something like that. Is something in there? Yeah, seen together. Um, Janet Lee. So for those, um, you know, uh, I'm still trying to watch H two O this year. I I could have sworn I had a copy, but I don't have a copy and I haven't put it up on Shutter yet. You don't have so, a copy of H2O? I, I thought I did. I can't find it if I do, but um Dude, I gotta give you one. I have a couple. I <laughs> got you. Yeah. You know, when it when for me, when it comes to physical media, especially horror, I, I I honestly don't mind the older stuff on DVD. The only the only time it bothers me is when, you know, because our TVs are bigger now and you know, there's a lot going on with the TVs, but when it's a stripe down the middle, I can't do. Yeah. As long as the DVD is full screen, I'm good with it. Because you know what? These these 4Ks, they kind of take a lot away from the special effects. You can see a lot when it comes to the practical effects. Yeah. You can see what's going on. Uh, one example, not not to stray from the Halloween conversation, but um, one example I always give, when you watch a 4K, 2K, 4K restoration of uh, Friday the 13th, and Annie gets her throat slit, you know, on one of these TVs, you can see the big gray patch of crap they have on her throat, you know. It, and, it, and, it, and Yeah, it takes away from me, so... I kind of appreciate some of these uh, movies, just just keeping them on DVD, man. So you know that's not uh, being affected by that. But um, I definitely dig H two O. You know the the masks change every time. Some of them, you know, a lot of people downplay the masks from four and five. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and you know they're they're pretty god awful. 
<laughs> but um, it is what it is when it comes to that. Yeah, so I, I, obviously it's safe to say that your favorite timeline is the original. One, two, four, five, and six. Yeah. Uh, not six, no. I, I don't get into six. I, I just no. – it just, it just goes way too far left field me for me with the a cold and all that. What's that? It's definitely dark, though. It, it's uh, it very- is dark. Yeah, it's dark, but – You know, it's a – I only watch I, – I watch five just because it's, you know, uh, a continuation of four, you know, and Jamie's still in it and everything. I have a trouble watching that movie, though, because in the beginning when Jamie can't talk, it gives me literal anxiety when she's doing her thing. Yeah, no, me too. And for, and for a young lady to be acting that well, man, like I get legit anxiety and, like, I, I – can't breathe when she's trying to talk. I like. I want to just like. You want to talk? I feel like she's not breathing, man. Yeah. What's that? He's like, you want to talk for her? like. Just, just yeah. And, and but, but again, for such a young lady to act so well, I mean, she sells that phenomenally, man. So Bro, good. Yo, you. I couldn't have said it better, man. Like seriously. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Danielle Harris for a child actress like doing that kind of a yeah. job. I mean that that she is. Honestly, in the whole franchise, now I love Jamie Lee, but Loomis is my go-to guy. But right below Loomis is Daniel Harris, like I, mm-hmm. in my opinion, man. And um, what, what about you talking about characters in the franchise? Other than the main, other than Myers and, and Jamie Lee, who's your go-to's? Dan- Daniel Harris, Jamie. Um, nothing really outside of that. I mean, other than like some spot characters, like like the Hitchhiker, which we're seeing right now in the background. Oh yeah, there you go. yeah. <laughs> You know, pop up. I mean, you know, you definitely can't downplay. You know, without Loomis, you know, w- without a, uh, you know, somebody chasing after him, it's oh, yeah. really pointless. You know what I mean? His, um, his lines, Loomis's lines in this was was incredible, man. And his phenomenal. It's it's my favorite, my favorite Loomis movie too. You know, just everything about it. it it's yeah. <clears throat> He's sitting over there with the sheriff, like six bodies, sheriff. I tell you. <laughs> Michael Myers is here. The scene of the, the, the gas station and everything is just absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and then this one, you're a pilgrim, aren't you? <laughs> I, I love it. I, just, I, I could never watch that scene enough, man. It's amazing. That dude is just all, he's just keeping straight ahead, drinking his whiskey, and keeps chugging hey, along. Signs of the times. You could drink and drive back in the, uh, back in the 80s. Well, uh, you can now too. You just just don't get caught. Oh yeah, too. <laughs> I don't recommend it because I don't want anybody to get hurt. But I mean, you can do it, but <laughs> technically, but, should you do it is another question, right? Yeah, you shouldn't should do it, it, but you could. We do not condone on Hard Three Sixty Five drinking and driving, but if you exactly, do, plus I think that that vehicle is driving in the movie doesn't go faster than like sixteen miles an hour. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah that's true. he's just chugging along, man. <laughs> Uh, no, this is this is it, man. This, this one right here, um, uh, definitely. I mean, when it comes to characters, man, I mean, you you just you can't leave out Buster Rhymes, bro. I mean, come on, entertainment, <laughs> baby. <laughs> oh, my that God. movie is just so god awful, man. <sighs> like, I cringe when I watch that, man. Like, uh, I don't. I don't know. think I can bring myself to ever watch it again, man. I, I just can't. It's so like, bad. I, you said it, and I got like a headache when you said it. <laughs> out of nowhere, dude. I'm like, oh. God. <laughs> Resurrection, like the only part of that movie that I can remotely enjoy is the beginning, when when he kills Jamie Lee Curtis. I haven't seen it in so long; I don't even remember, man. Yeah. To be honest, to be honest with you, same thing with Six. I haven't seen Six in such a long time. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, Six definitely got weird. Uh, but at, at that timeline, though, the one two, it's the Curse of Thorn timeline they call it now. 
one, two, four, five, and six. My favorite, definitely. I mean, you know, three's a standalone, and it's a damn good film. Three. If it wasn't labeled or called Halloween, three with Tom Atkins would be an incredible movie just by itself. It still is, but like it gained a lot of steam actually in like the past few years. To be honest with you, as far as popularity, I think people are starting to accept it for what it is. It's at the end of the day, it's pretty god awful, man. So you know, but every '80s horror movie, you know, you could pick it apart for days on end. I mean, the scene where Tom Atkins throws the the mask over top of the camera is just. <laughs> My son and I laugh every damn time we watch that scene. I mean, it's so stupid. <laughs> but again, that's what makes it, uh, you know, a fun 80s horror movie, you know. That's what the 80s was about. Fun, man. Fun entertainment. And, uh, you know, a lot of the horror movies were not the greatest horror movies. But, you know, they, they co-class. I mean, come on. How, how, does a, how does a signal sent through my TV, because I'm wearing a mask with a chip on it, how does that make snakes and eels and worms come out of my head, man? What the fuck? <laughs> you know, man, you never know. I mean, back then, who knows? <laughs> but and, yeah. and let's not talk about how this how this man stole a five-ton, whatever the hell the weight it was, piece of Stonehenge and got it all the way to Santa Clara, California, Santa Mira, whatever the hell it is over there. You know, come on, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it, 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 definitely, it definitely was outlandish. It was far-fetched, but entertaining, you know. Yeah. Hundred percent, man, and, and and then you know you you fast forward in from the eighties to, to the nineties. We got into H two O, which, like you said, mm-hmm. I like that movie. I enjoy that movie. I like H two O a lot, man. Yeah, and it was um, you know, the cameo alone with her and her mom on there, and then even LL Cool J was was pretty good in that film. Absolutely, his role. Um, <clears throat> her son. Uh, people still talk about his haircut, and the salon was right behind the barbershop. I've seen that. Oh, movie. that's amazing, <laughs> dude. I mean, he's still like, working my haircut right now, but you know <laughs> you're getting there. You're getting there, but but I don't care. You know, I'm not on TV, and no, you well, you're on Hard Three Sixty Five. We have a dozen, at least a dozen followers, Sean. So you got it. Got clean up a little, bit, buddy. Come on, no. around a one and a half. Nah, but <laughs> so so uh, I guess where do we progress to now? I guess to uh, Rob Zombie. Yeah, I want to yeah, definitely talk about uh, Rob Zombie right now. So let's get so, into what do you think about zombies films? So for me, when I the first time I saw it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I still do, but it's kind of wearing a little bit on me now, and I'll tell you why in a second. But the reason I loved it so much is the reason why a lot of people hated it so much, because it dug deeper into who Michael was. And I like that. You you got that, um, you know, where he's beating the kid in the woods with the stick, and you got the – so Halloween goes from – 1978 goes from Michael Myers standing on the sidewalk at age 10 with a knife to – the evil's gone. He's jumped running away from the asylum. You know, you're, you're missing that. There's a big gap. Uh, yeah. 15, 16 years there. So you're seeing the progression of his stability uh, through Rob Zombie's version. My complaint with it now is, and, you know, this is a lot of especially 80s horror movies, the ending is just drawn out too damn long, man. I get bored. He's just chasing. It feels like he's chasing, chasing after her for like three fucking days you're watching it, man. Yeah. To me, it's just it's just too far drawn out. Uh, just get it over with. But other than that, I I, I do like it very much um, for that exact reason. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that want to stay traditional and not know about Michael. I liked it for that for that exact reason. You know, you got the, a, dig, a, a deeper look into uh, the psyche and, and mental state of, of Michael. You know, uh, watching him in the 
in the asylum as a kid with his mom interacting, you know, how's my sister? How's the baby? You know, completely fucking gone, man. Just blanked out from it. So there was a story to be told. And I feel like Rob Zombie did that. And a lot Agreed. of people like you said they piss on it. And I'm like, look, that's incredible that he that he did that, that, that he actually told us how Michael became Michael. Mm-hmm. Nobody's told us that. Now, some people are like, well, we like the mystery. All right. But I mean, even it's now, fine. fine. That's that's cool. But it's different. So you'll accept one thing I always say is you accept all these different timelines that they came up with. Jamie has a son, this and that and the other thing. But you can't accept this. One of my favorites is the scene uh, in Michael's cell where he's got all those masks. Yeah. There's just so many cool masks. And I asked Rob one time, I'm like, Rob, what happened to all those masks? I'm like, I'll pay good money for one, man. He's like, oh, the crew got them and the cast took them. And I'm like, oh, that sucks, man. Yeah. And you know what? I it, with Rob Zombie films, like he uses a lot of the same people in his films. And there was an incredible cast if you look at that. I mean, shit, Brad Dourif was, uh, was the sheriff in there. Uh, for those that don't know, living under a rock, Brad Dourif is the voice of Chucky. Uh, right. And, and then you had, um, uh, of course, his wife, Sherry Moon Zombie. Uh, baby Firefly, you know, from the other films that he used. And it, oh man, there's so, so many. So I, I, I liked his, I liked Sherry. In, I like Sherry in the house of a thousand corpses. Yeah. Some of her stuff seemed a little bit faked to me, but I, I might get persecuted for this, but I think she's a horrible actress. So, but I did like her in, I did like her in Halloween, but she's basically playing a white trash mom. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not, you know, an Oscar winning, you know, stretching role. Or anything, but <laughs> but the reason is it's just because, like you just said, he uses the same cast every time, so it gets tedious to me. And that's the same with anything, you know. Adam Sandler he uses the same people in every movie. Oh yeah, yeah. You it, know, so that that's that's my complaint with it. You know, um, I like the brutality of Michael in that. The hundred percent, me yeah. too. You know, but again, it's 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 Rob Zombie show. He can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. You know, he's you know so. you know I I think. It, all in all, speaking of zombies film, it's better. I enjoyed Rob Zombie's Halloween, and people are going to crucify me for this, more than <laughs> David Gordon Green's um, oh. Halloween ends. And, and million times. You know, like in Kills, you've seen that brutality, that viciousness of Michael like you did. <sighs> so I did like that, you know. Um, and, and going back to zombies film real quick, like you said, the progression, how Michael got worse. And the story behind it, but there were some parts that were just overdrawn, and you know the the acting uh, then, sometimes uh, wasn't on point. I mean, with Scout and Danielle, their connection, their chemistry, amazing. amazing. Now, I wish he never made Halloween too, because that is a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> Jeez, people say that too, but you know what? I actually listen. You have to find me down in the chair and tape my eyes over for me ever ever watch that again. You don't like white horses. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Michael, Myers, Michael Myers has been living in the fucking woods for however many years or whatever the hell on a farm or whatever the hell he is. It's, it's so crazy, man. Now, I anyway. Off the deep end, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, fast forwarding now. You know, the other timeline we want to talk about, okay? Oh, 2018 kills and ends. Now, Sean, before I ask you, I got to say, I am a fan of 2018. I'm a fan of that film. I think it's, it is actually up there in my top three Halloween films. Uh, but then it started getting progressively worse as the time moved on yep. with kills. And then, oh, God. So and- I, I, 
I also love 2018 and I loved kills. And like, I started like, you know, realizing things years later after watching it, you know, liking it a little bit more for certain reasons, but the flashback scene that introduces the other characters that were involved that night. Yeah. I didn't even know that flashback scene was happening in the movie. It's fucking phenomenal, man. I absolutely love that. They captured that 1978 vibe so damn good in that beginning of that movie with that flashback, man. You know, with the with the with the Loomis and when I saw that Loomis, I was like, oh, that's that's CGI, man. I thought. And you know what's funny is that guy, he was on the crew, and and somebody said to him, you know, you look like Loomis. So they did his hit and and the guy who plays Michael in the flashback. He was on the crew. He like built sets or something, and they were like, "Oh, we need somebody to play uh, Michael in this uh, flashback." You know, and I guess he raised a hand or whatever, and he got picked for it. You know, mm-hmm. so that's kind of yeah, kind of a little bit of cool insight there. But when I saw that Loomis man, my mind was blown. Like I, 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 I instantly thought it was CGI. I, I didn't know how mm-hmm. they did that. I got chills. I'm like, because Donald Pleasant, the rest of his soul, man, he was amazing. And seeing this guy look, oh, he nailed it. In everything, yeah, the whole acting, but like you said, the vibe that is oh, the flashback is so amazing, much. yeah, yeah, and, and that's why, like, I enjoyed the original, but I enjoy four because it encapsulates Halloween and October, and that vibe so, captured 70s and Halloween all around, man. So, like, the end, the end of Halloween ends when they're all beating Michael down in the street. I've come over the years, and I've heard other people say this is where yeah. I kind of got the realization is that. The more beatings and everything you do to him, the stronger he was becoming. Ends is a complete piece of shit, in my opinion. First of all, that's no way to, to finish off an icon from horror. One, he's one of the biggest horror icons on the planet. I mean, come on, man. That was so dumb. I And he's not, I mean, he's hardly even in the movie. It's just, and I know there's way more more fans out there that agree we, you know, with my opinion that it's no good. I mean, I didn't even, I have... You know, I have 2018 and I have uh, Kills in my collection, Blu-ray. I will never buy Halloween Ends. I will never watch it again. I was so disappointed, man, and, you know, you know how they finished him off. And, you know, I think about that, uh, you know, because we don't, we don't want to get too deep into each of the films. Uh, but right. definitely we have to have an episode on it itself, breaking down, I think, this trilogy and maybe other timelines in the future. But, like, talking about it briefly right now, 2018 uh, definitely brought back that that Michael vibe and that scene. There was an iconic scene in there when he found when he took the mask out of the trunk. I had shivers down my spine. No doubt. In that game, <clears throat> scene. I still I still yeah. remember walking out of the theater and I forget what the kill count is, but I was with my son and two other people and I said, "Man, there was the kill count. I think it was 18 or something." I said they were like, "You counted?" I'm like, "You didn't." <laughs> <laughs> You know what do you mean? You, you didn't count the, you didn't keep track of the kills. What's wrong with you, man? You know what I mean? But dude, uh, dude, and I agree with you. You know the whole vibe was back, and I, I like how they introduced it. Um, you know, but again, you can even pick apart that. You know, if if uh, Laurie Strode still has all these issues where she's fucking building this fortress, why did she fucking move to New Jersey? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why are you? <laughs> you know, like and like you know the people. <laughs> That they show with with Lori and then Jamie Lee, yeah. she did a tremendous job and and acting that and because that's people with PTSD. That's exactly how they act. Hundred percent. And and I love that part, but I also love she's a badass in that film. She's like, I'm ready. For you, Michael. No, and she is. I, 
you know, I, maybe my thinking just goes too far with it. You know, if, if you're that distraught and PTSD over it, move to fucking Massachusetts on the other side of the country. He's never going to find you. <laughs> you no. know? It's, she was it's waiting. Crazy. She was waiting for him to come out, I think. That's what it was. She, that's why she stood close. No, I, 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 you know, there's that, that. That's what, you know, that's the thing. There's that, there's that bond, you know. And she, like you said, she was fucking waiting. She knew. And she was fucking waiting to uh, to, to do her thing. You know, that that fortress was pretty hardcore, man. Yeah, you, know, yeah. so, uh, you know, and at the end when she says, uh, you know, it's it's not a place for us to hide. It's a trap. When she traps Michael down there, you know, and starts to fire, you know, it's pretty wild. Dude, that, go- that caught me off guard. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, like, yeah. she was right. This is this is all the plan. She had it prepped, planned, because she knew oh. he back. Okay, so I want to talk about what I think is the most horrible scene in Kills. Okay. And Michael comes out of the house and there's the seven, eight, nine firefighters that he kills. You watch the scene and he kills the first one and he just goes one by one and they all stand there just waiting their fucking turns. It's just, it's like you mean it's either fight or flight. You know what I mean? Why aren't you running away? He's not gonna catch all of you. At least not right away. Why they all just stand there waiting their turn for Michael to execute them, man? I'm just like, come on, bro. Yeah. What do you think, man? I this agree. guy's walking out of a building that's blazing, and he, and he puts an axe in the, into the forehead of one of your uh, team members, and you all just stand there waiting your turn. Dude, I don't get it, Sean. So <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. It's like, dude, you know, jump him or run. Like, Period. 100%, man. So, yeah, that was a pretty uh, – it was that, pretty- that was like a little bit crazy, man. You know, yeah, that it was, it was a lot more believable if you know he buried the uh, the accident one guy and maybe got one or two others and the rest you know scattered off into the woods or whatever. But yeah, yeah, no, I I, I agree, hundred percent, bro. But uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty badass scene, but it was pretty non believable, man. Uh, definitely how that happened, but. I don't know if this is like the right thing to say or like the right proper terminology, but you know maybe a scene for non-horror fans you know what i'm saying by that like not hardcore like halloween horror you know somebody somebody might have been introduced through the 2018 beginning you know what i mean i don't know yeah i mean you know um i'm looking fast forward a little bit you know you talk we talked a little 2018 uh kills now we go to ends and i just gotta say this man i had to watch this movie a couple times to really let it sink in and ask myself was it really that bad and the answer, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna end Michael. We're all gonna come together, and we're gonna put him in a grinder. This is it. And we have this big fucking grinder in town. And this is what we're doing. Yeah. What? Exactly. Fucking Davies. Oh my god! Like you could have digged nothing better. Right. Like, oh, it was horrible, man. It was not. I've only, seen it, I've only seen it once, and I saw it once in a theater. I, I can't bring myself to watch it again, man. Sean, it was not a way to end ends in Halloween in the franchise. I mean, the first issue is the movie's not even about Michael. They're trying to introduce all these new characters and whatever. Yeah. And again, that that's no way to bring a a, a horror legendary icon to a finish, man. And again, it's obviously not going to be the last time we see a Halloween film. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because you know. Yeah, and they, they were talking about it. as a matter of fact, the rights Miramax. Uh, they were talking about selling the. I thought it was eight twenty four. No, no, yes, it was eight twenty. I think who had the rights was a mere. No, no, no. It was a battle. Eight twenty four might have got the rights for a TV show or something. Yes. I'm not one hundred percent sure on all that, but uh, you know, it's obviously not the end of Michael Myers, man. 
No, imagine that though. Like what, what could we see now? I mean, like thinking about this, I'm happy to hear that because a lot of people yeah. are like, Oh, just, just put it to a rest, put it to rest. Now, part of me, I mean, I would have said that had they ended it properly, but they didn't. So I want to see a proper send off. I feel like, right. Michael, what would you do, Sean? How would you end? It's so tough because there's been so many timelines and never, all these things thrown out there already. I mean, um, I really honestly can't answer that. I don't know, man. I, I, that's a good question. I can't even answer it or, right now. And on that note, maybe letting it just go might be the answer. I, I don't know. No, you, you know, I, listen. But, but then again, he didn't have a proper send-off either, in my opinion, with the way it ends ended. So. <clears throat> well, they're not getting Jamie Lee back. She's not doing another wow. So, Danielle Harris will. So maybe so that's that's what I'm thinking. Uh, you know, that'd be my first go to something with her. Um, you know, as an adult now. Yeah. But again, it might be repetitive as 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 you know, like a PTSD thing with uh, Lori. You know, and then there's you know then there's the people who say that it's not his sister. There's there's so many theories out there. It's just madness, man. You know, I think about what could we do that's different. And especially they're talking about a TV series. Now, if you're going to make a Halloween TV series, is it just going to be Michael Myers? Is it going to be something like people are like obsessed with this guy? They're going to be the new Michael. And he, like there's other Michael Myers, like wannabes and impersonators. Like, I don't know what they're going to do with this. I have no idea. I mean, me thinking about it now, just not even fully sitting out thinking <sighs> concept. It would take a lot to think of something that would be tangible and make sense, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And, and and I can't see it ending properly without Jamie Lee. That the, the problem is, is there's got to be substance to it. It's not just like making a new Friday the 13th film where you take a bunch of campers out of campground, yada, yada. It's the same blueprint every time. And we're going to go. Because there's really, other than, you know, the story of Jason drowning and blah, blah, blah. There's not a lot of storyline there. Every movie's freaking different. So there's more, much more of a storyline involved with Michael Myers. So again, where do you take it? Well, I, you know, maybe, maybe what Rob Zombie tried to do. If eight, eight twenty four, I could see them doing like a prequel. I could definitely see that. Yeah. So a prequel, I would begin to. And the reason I'd be excited about eight twenty four is I would keep my fingers crossed, like with um, X and Pearl and all that, that they they stay with uh, practical effects. Yes. Yes. So that that would be the uh, the clincher for me right there, you know. If you're gonna do CGI, you gotta really spend a lot of money to have good CGI. Uh, but I'm not a fan. I'm really not, man. I, I, I practical. I said it a million times. The worst special effects from the '80s to me are better than any CGI they can make now. I'd rather know that this fake machete going to someone's chest and the blood is made out of ketchup than see crappy CGI. And that's the thing, too. A lot of them aren't spending money for the much better CGI. They're using this crap. Mm. Every time I try to watch a modern horror film, and the first the first scene I see with bad CGI is just makes me want to turn it right off, man. I can't stand it. Bro, I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I cringe. Um, these these guys, like, you know, Tom Savini and all these great, phenomenal special effects artists, that's what they are. They're artists, man. Yeah, you're right and and you know what there's it's something something about the the <sighs> practical effects man it's just so it's more real you know it's more 
believable, and it's a lot more effort that goes into it. I feel like, and uh, so much more. Yeah, man, and that's and that, like you said, it's art, and I I would want to see like the A twenty four. They if they are gonna do this with a movie or a TV show, I judging by what I've seen from them, I know they're gonna deliver, Sean. I mean, I mean, shoot, X and Pearl and talk to me and. I agree, but I, I think that, like, you know, when they try to make all these TV shows out of these older horror movies, I don't know if they've ever really had much success. I haven't watched Chucky, but everybody I've talked to said it's horrible. It's not great. No, it, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's a TV show, you know. It, that's tough, man. It is tough, but, it, you know. I mean, what are you going to have, a 40-minute episode of, you know. And, and, again, people don't watch, you know, they don't watch TV like they used to. Like, I was disappointed when. Creepshow came out the fourth season on October 13th and they dropped the whole thing at once. Yeah, it's like now you get oh, cool. you, 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 back in the day when you watched it, when you watched a TV show, you didn't get a new episode till the next week and it gave you something to look forward to. You were excited, you you talked about it. Yeah. Now people get a, a blanket and a bowl of popcorn and they sit and watch 13 episodes straight. You know, it's it that definitely devalues the whole situation. Again, you know, you would uh, you'd watch an episode one night. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but you know, you'd watch an episode and talk about it at work or school the next day, and everybody would be like, you know, contemplating what's going to happen, and yeah. you know, I mean, and you had to wait a week to see what was going to happen. Yeah, you had to wait. It was a cliffhanger most of the time, and it's like, yo, I'm I'm waiting till next. Oh, week. you know what? A great example is The Walking Dead in the beginning. I don't think that that was. I think you had to wait the four weeks wait. on AMC. Yeah. You know, I don't know how they do it now. I haven't watched it in a few years, but um. You know, that's a perfect example. You had to wait a week to see what was going on in this with this show, you know? Yeah, no, 100 percent, man. And that's that's what I miss about that. Everything nowadays, you get you have access to the whole season already. Oh, I'm gonna sit here and watch it now. I wanna exactly. have one a week. I want it, you know, in doses. Because it'll leave fast me in food society, man. Fast food society. I want everything, I want it right, I want it as fast as possible. And it's but, no fun to me. But again, you know, I uh with the new stuff. Movie theaters, man, I just I just think they're going away. What is it about the feel now, movie theaters? Like, you, you know, you talked about it could be possibly obsolete in the future, but uh, the vibe, it, there's nothing like going to a theater and seeing a movie and being in that environment and also being there with fans as well, laughing, uh, and, you know. I couldn't, agree, I couldn't agree more, but so I'll get to my personal thing with it in a second. But, you know, again, with – with loading like full seasons now instead of making you wait. So now, you know, Hollywood or whatever is going to keep progressing to where they know where they're going to make the money. So now you have a movie is released, say, you know, October 31st, a new horror movie is coming out. But you have the option of three different channels at home where you can pay 10 bucks to watch a movie from home. You know, they don't care about the theater experience, none of that nonsense. So that's a huge part of it dying to me. But for me, I can't. T and you know what? This stems back all the way back to 2018 Halloween. I had been to a movie in years where there weren't a bunch of people who wouldn't shut the F up. I just went to see um, the theater down the street here did a bunch of A24 stuff. And uh, so we went to see X in the theater. There was eight different groups of people that just wouldn't shut up. And, you know, if... If you even like just nicely ask, you know, then all of a sudden they want to, you know, act victim or whatever the case may be. And you're just trying to enjoy a movie. Um, you know, uh, there's a, you know, when uh, in, in X, when when Thetis first introduced the uh, crocodile alligator, whatever it is, 
two kids behind me, and I'm talking like, you know, mid-20s. I'm not talking about little kids. They had a five-minute conversation on why the fucking thing was fake and pointing out the differences between a real alligator and this alligator. I'm like, who gives a fuck? Shut up. You know, so that's what's ruining it for me. Um, it's, 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 I haven't had very, very few times I've been to the theater in the past six, seven, eight years where, you know, it wasn't ruined because people just don't shut up, man. I mean, if you want to do that, then stream it at home and you talk all you want. You know, you're not, you're not ruining someone else's uh, time want to, wanting to, like you said, the theater experience. Um, but push all that aside. You know, uh, main. You know, they, they need to stop this thing with putting them out on Peacock and this that and the other thing because if they're putting, for lack of a better term, meat in the seats in the theaters for horror movies, guess what they're going to make? More horror movies. They're going to make what's making them money. You know, and and I'm sure that the sales that they get through uh, through the streaming services count toward their. You know, this movie made two hundred million dollars this weekend. I'm sure all of that's taken into calculation, but if you kind of force people to go to the theater, not only does it, you know, help the theaters, you know, stay alive. I don't know. I just think that's a lost art. If you, you know, in my opinion, it's just, it's just a thing going away now. And it, for, but for me, it's just a personal experience of, uh, you know, the unpleasantness of the uh, theater, you know, that, and uh, there's a few of them. There's probably three or four within 10 minutes of me here. And all but one of them haven't like upgraded. The one oh, we went to see, uh, oh, the one we went to see uh, X in, it, the the seats were so uncomfortable and small. I mean, it was like built in the seventies or something. They haven't upgraded anything. You know, a lot of these newer theaters have the, you know, you get the reclining seat, nice and cozy. No, yeah, you, you're sitting. You be, you're better off taking a, a folding chair with you. <laughs> yeah, you might. I don't know if you've ever. Uh, you know, this might might not reach too many people. I don't know if you've ever been inside of Roy's Hall inside of Blairstown, New Jersey, to watch oh. Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Nothing like it. <laughs> Those seats are the most – I won't ever go there again. It's with, – within 10 minutes, man, you're, 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 you're just insanely uncomfortable, man. It's, it's like, like money in this, you know, uh, upgrade, re uh, you know, renovate. Do something. Yeah, dude, that's the thing. You know what, man? Uh, and I think also you're right. The money, that's the problem because, like you said – Everything is streaming out. People are watching these movies in the convenience of their own home. But the theater provides something that your home doesn't and experience. It's yeah. And the surround being just surrounded with those speakers and in that theater and that big on the big screen, because you're not going to have a screen like that in your house. Um, and then just being fully immersed in the film. And it's something special. And it's an event. You know, it's something to do. You get out of the house, even though you're inside and you can do yep. it at home. Fuck, man, just get out. Do it. Go get some popcorn, have some snacks, and hang out by yourself with friends, with your girl, whatever. It doesn't matter. Significant other. doesn't matter. You know, it, it's something to do. It's a date night. It's something. There's, uh, there's that company. I think they're called Fathom Events. Yeah. And, you know, they, they do short runs of older films that you might not have had a chance to see in a theater or you want to get it. And they don't, they don't just do horror. But, uh, you know, they just did Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses for two nights. Oh, dude, yeah. 8th and 11th, right? It was absolutely amazing. I didn't get to see it in the theater back then. And like you said, with the surround sound and everything, you're hearing things not only in a different way, but maybe hearing things that you didn't necessarily hear, whether it's within the soundtrack or sounds of what's going on around you. It's just a whole different ball game, man. Um, 
But, you know, my son and I, we love it. We've seen so many in the past few years, especially like films from the 80s, The Thing, They Live, and just the list just goes on and on of the stuff we've gone to the theater to watch again. And it's, if, if you're a fan of horror movies, there's nothing beats going to the theater to watch these. It's just bottom line the best. No, I, I agree with you, man. It provides, like I said, an experience that you're not going to get anywhere else. So hopefully we don't see theaters become obsolete. I think um, it, it, there was a little concern recently over the past few years, but you know, AMC, what I've noticed, and even Regal, that what they're doing is they have this these signups, like you can yeah certain amount for the month, but you could see three movies in a week, or you could see unlimited movies for the month. It, it, there's different things that you can get, like well, members. The, the reason I brought up the Fathom events is, you know, I don't know what level of, of horror fan everybody is. You know, you have your basic commercial horror fans, you know, the Chuckies, the Freddies, the Jasons. But for me, man, I, I want to see the more people that go to these things like Fathom events, again, getting back to that, you know, sometimes we go and there's like six other people in the theater, man. I'm like, what the hell's going on, man? Yeah. It's crazy. It is. You know, why, why, especially if, you know, if you're born in the year, 1995 2000 that makes you know in your 20s or whatever it may be you know and you're a horror fan or you know your parents raised you on horror why wouldn't you want to go see a horror film from the 80s in the theater to have that experience dude yeah i'm with you more tickets they sell and you know and a lot of times you know you're you're getting some cool stuff some of these things they they give out posters and all different kinds of stuff you know it's a poster you're not going to get anywhere else and you know, things like that. So for me, it's a lot of fun. It's just the uh, the experience of some people who just don't have any respect for anybody else in the theater that just brings it down for me. Oh, you bro. know, not to, not to stray from the Halloween thing, but I'll tell you, when Maxine comes out, the third installment in the uh, in the in the X and Pearl, man, uh, if they ruin that for me, I'm going to be really pissed off. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to want to be in that theater um, if they ruin that for you, man. Because uh, yeah, Sean, I, I know, I know that's something you've yeah. been looking for, and you know, a twenty four. You know, we just spoke about them with um with Halloween, and I guess I don't want to. I guess switching back to that, thinking about it, you know, I don't want to see a TV show. Sean, I, I I don't. I, I would no, like to see. I, just, I can't in, in my mind. I just can't put put anything together what it could be. But no. you know the other the other thing is speaking to the streaming. You know these home theaters and have just become so insane with the surround sound and the giant TVs that I that I get it. But I mean, I, I just still in my mind it doesn't compare to going to the theater. You know, I understand a, a bucket of popcorn and a soda is going to cost you eighteen bucks, but it's all part of the. It's all part of the game, man. You know. Um, yeah. So I mean, you, but you save up for it, like you said. It's, it's, it's an experience. Like you're there. You know, uh, you're looking to see a movie. You have your money stash. You know what you're going to be paying. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, again, you can't. It's price. It, for me, you can't put a price tag on sharing that moment and that experience, especially if you're with family, friends, loved ones. You know, it, it's a memory. It's a memory mm-hmm. you're going to create, bro, and you're and you're going to be immersed in the movie when you're in the theater. So the discussion afterward is always better, in my oh, yeah. opinion. You yeah. know, you know something we should do here, even as a horror 365, we should go see some of these new films in the theater, and literally right after that, maybe go live, go live right after that, right outside the theater. You know, and, and you just have to be careful with that, not for you know to do it without spoilers for those that do want to. 
Yeah. That's a great idea, but, um, you know. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's like, God damn, Jimmy, you ruined it for me. Uh, you should have seen uh, John was the fucking killer, man. I can't believe yeah. John. You know what I mean? Like, at that point. Oh, just, she died? No. To go to the movie at that point. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, like, I think horror is at a point right now um, that it hasn't been ever. And I'm going to say ever. Because, yes, in the 80s, it is, and everybody knows, the best decade for horror. Originality was at a peak, but I feel like we're getting more quality content now. We're getting more horror films, or maybe just as much uh, as the 80s, and they're all original concepts, which I'm I'm digging, you know? Uh, But I think with the technology nowadays, that's what makes, I feel like, Sean, that's what makes this time period, this, this decade, don't kill me. It may be, when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, it may be able to be equal to the 80s, maybe even supersede the 80s. Uh, you know, it's hard because I'm an 80s guy. I, I love I love 80s horror and I love 90s horror even, some 90s horror. But um, I'm looking at some of the some of the films that they have coming out now. And just because of the technology, it's uh, overall a better film. I feel like, you know, uh, concept wise, maybe not, you know, certain films, but, you know, we're getting a lot of remakes and sequels and, sh- you know, see Scream and you know, Halloween was out here and, you know, it's not and not too long. We're going to see Friday the 13th. I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to see a Friday the 13th film this decade. Uh, oh, no maybe- doubt. I mean, my, my other issue is, is these people buying the rights to these older franchises. Yeah. And just for lack of a better term, just shitting all over them. They're just they're just made for a different kind of audience, man. For me, you know, Evil Dead Rise, this new Exorcist, and it's, have you seen the Believer, Exorcist Believer? Are you believer? No, you don't. No, you didn't want. Yeah, no yeah. But uh, what do you think about Damian Leone went on record recently, and he said he would like to take a shot at making a sequel to Friday the Thirteenth. I saw. I didn't read the story, but I saw an article somewhere. Again, I know we've talked about this in the past, but I mean, for me. You know, I've talked to Tom McLaughlin a handful of times in the past few years. Uh, he has a complete script written. He told me the, the, the basic storyline for a new Friday the 13th film, and it sounds fucking awesome. And again, you know, he's the guy who brought uh, Friday the 13th back to life with Jason Lives. So why can't he do it again? Yeah, there you go. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I can. I mean, he told me, so I guess it's not that big of a secret. But um, yeah, tell he, he. I think he. Well, no, I mean, it's you know, he told me that it's going to be set in snow and it's just women, and I'm just like everything he was telling me about. It, I'm like, you know, I was all in, man. And you know, he told me he's like, I can make this right now as a fan film, but he's like, I want, I want this to be a full, you know, studio release, and I'm hoping that somebody. Gives him the money to do that. Yeah, that's Tom is he has such an incredible mind. We had him on the show for a season finale. I think it was a couple of years back. Um, couple of, yeah, season one was it? Might have been season one. But anyway, um, we got to have him back on the show. I want to talk with him again because uh, he was telling us a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff. For um, I remember, I don't know if it was on air recorded or off when we stopped talking, but. Talking about part six and the script, he like you said, he has something in the works. I would love to see Tom McLaughlin um, make that come to fruition and have CJ. Yeah, Graham. that was uh, the last time I talked to him. Was at a convention that CJ was at too, <clears throat> and I see. I know. I said, please tell me that that man over there is your uh, is going to be your Jason. He goes, we've already talked. It's there's nobody else. So, 
TJ has the build. He has the height. Uh, he's still in good shape, man, for his age. Yeah. So I, I could see him. He he has a, a presence to him. There's no other person for a Tom McLaughlin Friday the 13th film, in my opinion, to play that part. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, 100% agree with you, Sean. But everything that, that Tom told me about it, man, I was like, man, that's going to be – because, you know, I, I'm sure every real Friday the 13th fan is, like, concerned this is going to be, like, a cookie-cutter kind of film. Yeah. So it was still Friday the 13th. It was still Jason running around the woods, but it was a new concept of, you know, the people he's going after and everything else. So, you know, and that's what intrigued me, everything about it. And what a better way to bring back – there is no better way to bring back a Friday the 13th fran- or, you know, the franchise than with a man that, like you said, brought back the franchise with Part 6 and is a part of it. And, and dare I say, my opinion, that was my favorite part of the, of the entire franchise was Part 6. Um, you know, I know there's, there's all the great sequels, all the great Friday the 13th, but that's my go-to. And, uh, and Tom brought something different to it. It was the first film and maybe the only film with no nudity in it um and there's the first time you brought children actual children into the scenario yeah there you go the actual they actually seen the kids in the camp you know like i mean you know you got you got tommy jarvis in part four but that he's not a camper he's you know living at home with his mother yeah um, what i mean is you know it's the first time you have children actually in the camp exactly exactly so that that's um you know that that's something that uh Sticks out uh, the whole franchise with Tom, and, and he was a trendsetter then, and he will definitely be if he makes that script come to fruition. If we can find somebody to fund it or studios say, you know what, let's do it, yeah, yeah dude, he's gonna uh, he's gonna kill it. Uh, no point. Obviously, I'm gonna go and see it and all that fun stuff, but you know, I'm really hoping for not a you know you want you want the fun stuff, you want Jason running around the woods, but you don't want it so cookie cutter that like halfway through you're like I've I've been there and seen this. Yeah, you need um, something new. And that, and that's what again. That's how Tom breathes new life back into it. You know, you got Zombie Jason coming up out of the grave. You got the children involved, and you know, I'm sure he's going to deliver. If that again, if he can get somebody to uh, to back him on that, man. So yeah. only time will tell, man. But you know, this decade, like I was saying, this is the decade, man. That horror is just is a boom, and everybody's loving it right now. And the beautiful thing about it, what I'm noticing is that they're they're grabbing the youth. And, and yeah, they did that in the past, but they, now, you know, we have all the old horror fans like us and even, you know, our, even before us, older individuals like in the 70s, 60s that, you know, love universal monsters or maybe even still live during that time. And now they're getting into the new horror. And now you have all different demographics and generations getting into the horror genre. So that's why I feel like it's never been a better time to be a horror fan. And um, that's why what we do at Horror 365, man, we want to we want to capture everything. We want to capture all horror. I mean, we're talking every kind of subgenre you can think of, from slashes to paranormal, it's, everything in between. Um, for the children, I, I, like we talked about before on another episode, uh, it, it's generate. It's that's the right proper term uh, terminology. Generational. It's like music. You know, you go to one of these. Bands that's been around for 40, 50 years, Kiss, Iron Maiden, anything like that, you see three, some maybe not four generations of people, a grandfather, a son, and a grandson, all enjoying the Iron Maiden show. Or so the same thing with horror. You know, your your kids get influenced by you watching the horror. They get into what they're into, and and that just that and that's how it also keeps going. That's, you gotta keep it, you gotta keep it alive. And uh Sean, we are 
about to keep this episode. Well, actually, we're going to put this episode to sleep right now. I know we'd be talking about Halloween. It is prime time. This weekend is a lot going on. You got any plans for Halloween? Never do, man. <laughs> yeah. What's your, what's your, I know you, Halloween, obviously 78, that's one of your movies you watch. I just check in with my movies, man. I, you know, 78, so, uh, I also watch uh, Rob Zombie's 31 every Halloween now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of the ones that are, uh, you know, happen on Halloween night or leading into the week up to, uh, you know, Night of the Demons, all that stuff. Nice. Anything in, directly involved with Halloween. Um, Dude, I got, I got a homework assignment for you. You ready? Oh, there it is, Sean. Cobweb. Give that a watch. If you can't find it, I'm going to find it for you where to watch it. It's a new film. I know how you feel about new films, buddy. So we're going to step out of our comfort zone. It's tough. Yeah, I know it is. And and I don't blame you because we've seen some, whew, we've seen some dumpster fires on Halloween ends. But, you know, the thing <laughs> is, this is better than end. Well, that's, that's not saying much. But what I'm saying is this movie is Halloween, the vibe all over it, man. It may not be the greatest horror film, but it, it has so much tension in it. it. It leaves you like on the edge of your seat and the vibe, it screams Halloween. It happens on Halloween night. So take a look at this film. I'm not going to spoil it, uh, but I want you, I would love to get your thoughts on this from a horror fan all his life. And, and I know how you feel about the newer films. This is one that I feel like, um, I'm definitely watching every year on Halloween as well. So that, nice. that and anybody that hasn't seen it, that's listening to this, definitely take a look at Cobweb this Halloween. So I'll be I'll be quizzing you. I'll be asking you how <laughs> I'm gonna find it for you. But yo, know, with that being said, uh, horror heads, thank we thank you once again for tuning in. Uh Sean, is there any last thoughts you want to throw out there for Halloween to, to the horror heads? Just uh I'm check good. that candy. <laughs> Just enjoy and have fun. Yeah, hell yeah, man. And listen, get out there, connect with people again. I know it's hard. I know social media and the news, uh, they influence us in, in negative ways. But listen, forget all that. Remember how you were as a kid. And if you are a kid now, ask your parents. Ask what they do when they were younger. You know, get back uh, some of the old uh, traditions of Halloween. Let's let's bring that back again because it's a lot of good times. A lot of good times and memories and moments that, you know, you can't put a price tag on. And they last a lifetime. So let's recreate that or create new ones and get out there for Halloween. Go trick-or-treating. Go out there, uh, have fun, damn it. Shaving cream fights, whatever you do. Now, wear a costume. Wear a costume, damn it. If you're going to knock on my door, okay, uh, no, no, I'm not getting into the Three's Company song, but if you're going to knock on my door, damn it, okay, <laughs> you better be wearing something, okay? Because if you're not, you're not getting candy. All right, so I'm going to eat it. I'm going to unwrap it and eat it right in front of you. No, don't don't be a parent and have a, a pillowcase and say, hey, uh, Sally, Jack, and Ted are homesick. Can we get something for them, too? Oh, come yeah. On. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, they're Sally. They're too, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. They get, so they can get, get well soon, Sally, Ted. You're, yeah. not candy, <laughs> but, You're home with a tummy ache. Here's a, here's a giant Tootsie Roll for your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> like White Castle, bro. Yeah. No, come on, man. Uh, but if, you know, yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if you're that hard pressed for candy, if you go to any drugstore the day after Halloween, it's all 50% off. You can stock up, man. Dude, <laughs> there, there it is. Okay. Cavities are free. Absolutely. But, uh, we appreciate you tuning in hard heads. Really enjoy your Halloween weekend. Uh, if you see this before Halloween, hopefully you're having a blast. If you see it afterwards, Hey, we celebrate horror 365. That's what we're about, baby. For the eighties horror God, Sean T for the mouthpiece of Northeast Jimmy J and all of the team. As a matter of fact, before we sign a big shout out, the Swift Knox 
Horror Daddy. I mean, the list goes on. Ian the Wolfman, Tesis, uh, you know, everybody on the team, Creepy Betty, uh, Johnny Sparks. Uh, I, the list, I can't even remember everybody over here, man. But this is like the most wonderful, this is the most wonderful time of the year for us. And this is, this is the Super Bowl for Horror 365. And the new year begins November 1st. And the new season of Horror 365 begins next year in February. We have a couple more episodes coming your way before the conclusion. I know I've been getting emails. I've been getting a lot of emails, actually, as of late. When are you guys doing another interview? When are you guys doing another episode? I have suggestions. Guys, I love it. Keep sending them my way at horrorheads365 at gmail.com. Um, and again, like I said in the beginning of the show, it's not that we don't want to deliver more episodes more consistently. It's just that our schedules are very demanding right now. And I have a lot of things in the works for next year. But I promise season four, we will be having an episode every single week. Uh, and there's going to be more interviews and more content for you coming your way than you've seen yet. So stay tuned for that 2024. But that's why we're building that foundation this year. So more to come and keep those suggestions coming. I always listen to them. We may not. You know, take you up on all of them, but, you know, if one sticks out to us, we'll definitely talk about it or discuss it, uh, movie films, uh, and any topics that you guys want to talk about. So thank you for that. Thank you for following us on Instagram, at Horrorheads365, and on Facebook. That's where the core fan base is, baby, at Horrorheads365. If you haven't done so already, what are you waiting for? Subscribe, baby, below. It is free. Free 99. Just like the candy that you get at my door if you're wearing a costume. Okay. Horror 365 Alive on YouTube for the Ace Horror God Sean T. I'm Jimmy J. We're signing out saying happy Halloween and thank you for celebrating horror not only this month in October, but 365. We're going to see you.